why am I working at all? And you go, obviously, pay the bills, put food on the table. And you go, yeah, but what's I'm not working for work's sake. No one works for work's sake. <laughs> what's the sake for which we work? And when you put that at the center of your life and you find ways to support it, when you put the castle in the center of your life and find ways to support it, instead of endlessly working toward the goal, you work from the goal. Welcome to the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast, the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer turned CEO and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. Oh, that's exciting. Today's guest talks about time in a much different way than most. Time management is a corporate construct, and Richie wants to help people break out of the structure. There are different ways to work. There are different ways to get paid, and it doesn't have to be about managing your time. Richie Norton is an award-winning author and serial entrepreneur and executive coach to CEOs. He's featured in Forbes, Bloomberg Business, Fast Company, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, and Huffington Post. Pacific Business News recognized Richie as one of the top 40 under 40 best and brightest young businessmen. In Hawaii, Richie is one of the world's leading thinkers and top 100 coaches as honored by MG100. Richie Norton and Robert discussed time and how many of the ways we think about time and work are based on the Industrial Revolution and the model where corporations use employees to produce products. Whoever controls your time controls your life. Richie has lived a rich life with a lot of pain and challenge. But today he chooses to focus on what is most important to him and makes the work support that. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity on the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30-minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add value. Well, Richie, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. I'm excited to have this conversation. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've, I've been looking forward to it, so this will be good. Well, I appreciate that. So typically I have my guests share their own entrepreneurial journey a little bit. And so I guess, would you share a bit about your journey and, and the things you've been working on? Yeah. I mean, today I have a company where we're making over a hundred different products for people. We're doing end-to-end um, -end supply chain for any type of creator, entrepreneur, or business where we make and create physical products. And we'll make them, package them, ship, ship them, warehouse them, fulfill them. Everything from inventions for people like Pat Flynn with camera gear. We have a thing called the SwitchPod. To journals for people like John Lee Dumas. To promotional materials for for marketers. We're making tiny houses. We're making yoga pants. You know, we're we're doing we're doing whatever. And this comes from I wrote this book called The Power of Starting Something Stupid a while ago, <laughs> and people reached out for their stupid ideas, and so I was like, you know what? I know you don't know how to make this stuff. Why don't I just make it for you? You know. <laughs> so what whatever we can do to give people their time back. But you know, when I was 16 years old, my um, my my dad was an entrepreneur, and so was my grandpa. And, you know, so I come from this line of entrepreneurs, which I know is not always the case for a lot of people. But um, in my family, it wasn't just because they you know, wanted uh, to be entrepreneurs, but in, in a lot of ways they had to, you know what I mean? To overcome all the different situations that our, that our family's been in throughout, you know, time as all of our families have. But I, I told my dad when I was 16, I said, dad, I'm going to get a job. And he goes, he goes, he goes, you don't want a job. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you mean? I don't want, you know, what are you talking about? And he said, I said, oh, I want money. You know, I want to spend money. And, 
He goes, no, nah, you're a kid. You're, you're only going to be a kid for so long. You're going to be working your whole life. You know, you need to just get good grades and, and have fun. And I'm like thinking, I mean, on one side, best dad ever. On the other side, like worst dad ever. Like, why are you telling me to be responsible? You know, <laughs> go do these things. And I said, yeah, but I want to spend money. And I'm, I'm from San Diego. You know, I live, in, I live in Hawaii now. But he said, go to El Centro where the farms are. And I'm like, this, where is this going? Like, this is bizarre. You know, like it's it's three hours away um, and I don't understand what's going to happen. But he says, ask the watermelon farmers if you can buy their irregular sized watermelons. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, they, they can't sell them to the grocery stores. And I didn't know how he knew all this stuff, uh, but I did. And my brother and I, who was younger than me, we filled up our van full of these weirdly shaped watermelons and we sold them on the 4th of July to our our friends parents <laughs> and and to people walking past the park where we had a little stand and what I learned was this we made more money in one day than we would have made working the entire su summer you know at, at a minimum wage and it wasn't that big of a deal then meaning it was a big deal we made that much money and we didn't have to like get a job but it mentally it wasn't like this aha moment like wow it was looking back that I realized my dad just just did like a whole transformational thing in my life. He just taught me I didn't have to trade time for money, and that even if I don't like selling watermelons, there's a way to make money with them. And you know, and on and on and on. So growing up, I always had this idea like I could get a job or I could make money another way. And and I didn't think about it until even more recently when as I started writing these books and stories, I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, entrepreneurship or even the way you live. And even the way you operate in a current job as an employee or an executive is largely a factor of how you think mm -hmm. and largely how we think isn't just a matter of our own experience, but of having mentors who tell us there are other ways to do it that we never would have thought of on our own. So there, there's a little bit of background on me. Obviously, there, there we can talk more, but uh, maybe that can get us started. <laughs> nice. Well, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, just the power of starting something stupid. So having been in this entrepreneurial space for just a little while really I'm, I'm a baby like four years now and uh okay and recognizing the power of motion the, the power of mm. taking a freaking step even if mm. it's the wrong step taking a, a wrong step is better than no step at all and, and mm. i think so many people are are stuck in their head with with these ideas and these things i just don't i just don't know what to do and doing something stupid doing something wrong is actually better than doing nothing at all yep 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 it's crazy because when I've I've interviewed hundreds, um, actually probably now thousands of people, not just one on one, but as couples, and then of course in groups and and a ton of surveys. But it, the one on one situation is very interesting because they get to get super real. But mm. I've interviewed people in retirement or approaching retirement, and I, I often hear this almost like a like a chorus or or a refrain where they go like something like. I thought I'd have more time, more education, more experience, and more money. And I always thought I would then do this thing I always wanted to do then. But now that I'm here, I still need <laughs> more time, more education, more experience, and more money. And then I talked with people that quote unquote, you know, did it, made it work. And it wasn't the path they thought it would take them. It was always something different. It was always something random. There was always something that that unexpected helped them get to where they went. However, like you said, they started where they were with what they had. And if it didn't work out, at least they, at least they didn't live for 20 or 40 years hoping, a hollow hope, I call it, for something that would never work. And they could get it out of their system, get it out of the way, build the new thing. But what happens usually is it's not that it's ironic when dreams are crushed. Sometimes fears are crushed. Because they realized that even though the thing didn't work out, it wasn't as scary as they thought. And they realized there was something else inside of them that, that was stronger that could overcome it. And then it's not just about fast failing or, or continuous learning. It's about the idea that, oh, I thought I wanted this thing. I didn't. I'm glad I got that out of my system. Or I thought I wanted this thing. It didn't work out. I still do. Oh, guess what? There's 10,000 other ways to do it. <laughs> And that's how entrepreneurs who start early figure things out uh, sooner than later. 
of course, having mentors and other people help you, you know, skip through some of that process is, is incredibly important. Uh, and that's why we have podcasts, you know, and that's why, that's why we're chatting and, the, and these kind of things help us uh, work through it all. It's Absolutely. Well, and I think, I think entrepreneurship is, is a fantastic crucible of personal growth, right? Mm. And, and, and people that are willing to take that little step for themselves as an entrepreneur can really step into that personal growth space if they're open to it. And then, and then in, incredible opportunities and possibilities lie before you. Of course, mm. many entrepreneurs, you know, become what Robert Kiyosaki talks about, and they basically just own their job and they're terrible yep. bosses. And yep. so, so yeah, trying just, to get... just, they're putting on more hats, you know what I mean? And, and, and not getting anything else done, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing. When you yeah, shared the story of your friend who wished he could get fired, like, <laughs> yep. wish he could fire me. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. All right. So your, your newest book is, is anti-time management. And, and I'm just going to mm -hmm. say that I just love, 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 love your concept, love the way you present it. And, and one of the things that, that I've been teaching um, over the last four years with, with the entrepreneurs that I work with is that design the life you want and then yes. let's build the business to support it rather than the other way around. Because so many people jump into business, jump into entrepreneurship, jump into their job thinking that they're going to get that dream someday. They're going to get this thing down the road instead of being hyper intentional <laughs> in, in my yes. world. It's just that intentionality of, what is it that you really want? And then let's yes. build the life that, that, that brings that about. Yes. <laughs> build the business, yes. no. build the job, build the thing that, that can support what it is you really want instead of putting what you really want down the road. And you use a little bit of different language for that, that, that idea, but it, it's very much, very much in, in alignment. Yes. And isn't that a different way of thinking? It's a totally different way of thinking. You know, I had um, a client of mine, she did, um, a reel, one of these, you know, a, a post on, on, on Instagram, a little, little video. It was short, had music in the background, but she's talking about, she's, she's an investor and, uh, she hired me at one point to be her mentor. And she was saying, I'm going to fast forward, not with what I, what I taught her, but what she said she learned from the teaching. She said that someone asked her, how do I invest? And she started talking about some things she's learned from her mentor. And what she told them was, it's, it's super fascinating the way she said it. Um, cause it's also, uh, similar language, but from her experience, she said that her answer to them about how to invest was, how do you want to live your life? Mm -hmm. Because the investments you choose determine the lifestyle you will lead. That's, that's, that's now me entering the picture here. And that's, that's exactly what I taught her because when she started asking me about her company and what she should be doing and how should she be investing, the first thing I asked was, hold on. <laughs> what's the job of the goal? Why are you investing? What's the lifestyle you want? Where do you want to be in two years from now? Now, these questions have nothing. You go to anyone on anywhere. You go watch Shark Tank. You talk to the people on Shark Tank after, they'll tell you these things. On the show, not going to talk about these things. Right. They're going to they're gonna talk about sales and, and scaling. And um, that's because it's a show. But when you talk to them or to others in real life, they will still talk about sales and, and scaling, but they'll also say that they learned at some point in their life to value their own. <laughs> and it's ironic that those who value their own life and lifestyle mm. happen to be the most creative in the way they work. This is the way innovation happens. Why do we have cars? People didn't want to ride horses. Why do we have airplanes? People didn't want to drive cars. Why do we have boats? I don't know. Think about it. And it's because not because we're lazy, but because we know there's a better way. Mm -hmm. And when people start feeling that urge, they go, I want balance. I hate the word balance. I, lo I love the word balance. I hate it when it's applied to work and life because that would infer that every time I do something good, I should also do something bad. That's balance. Oh, and that's a, that's a silly so, way to think. <laughs> so powerful, right? And, but it's, yeah. that's that religious concept we get we get from the church is that good and bad. And we get this, this sure. scale of, of good and yeah. bad. And then you put your family on one side and your job on the other. And, and you try to juggle the yeah. two of them and it's not yeah. fair to either one because that's, they both end up losing. That's right. That's right. And you know, and, and there's a, there's a lot to say about balance, but in physics, think about a ball in physics, uh, something that's balanced like a ball is it literally means 
that it's motionless. Mm. It doesn't move. It's stale. It's stagnant. To put a ball in a hoop or a ball in a goal, it has to have forward motion in the direction you want it to go. In other words, there has to be a push that pushes it or pull that pulls it into the desirable area. So when people say balance, what they're really saying is my life is fully controlled by, by a boss. I want balance because I want to have half of my time be controlled by me. Hmm. That's because they're thinking from being forced to be controlled. They're not thinking this out loud. I am, but that is why we say it this way. My life is, my life is controlled. If I could just have half of my life back, then I'd have balance. That's oh, how silly. desperate! How desperate! Are you? <laughs> when I think about, st- I silly. Think about balance. Yeah. Having having been a dad long enough now that, that my kids are 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 gone, moved out, but yeah, recognizing you know when I was a kid and and we'd play on the teeter totter and yeah. balance. When you got to balance, you had to freeze, stop, mm. right? So so now we've got this work life balance idea, and the kids are perfect, the wife is perfect, I'm perfect, everybody stop. Nobody move because if we move, right. we're gonna mess it up. There you and, go. And that idea is that that's the same idea. You gotta you gotta freeze it because instead of instead of finding it in motion, and and I was blessed to have the opportunity to do great things with my kids and and not wait to do some of those things. And and I didn't do everything great, everything perfect, but but I did get to do some really cool things right. with my kids because I didn't I didn't wait till I had the money and I didn't no. wait till till I had the time and we just we just made the choice to to just do it and. And so I, I definitely love love that part of, of your thinking. And, and so I want to I want to jump in from the entrepreneur's side just a little bit. So so why does time management fail the entrepreneur? Time management was never designed for entrepreneurs. It was never designed for personal development. I don't know why it's even in our self help vernacular. <laughs> when you go on back and you look at the history of time management, um, which is a piece of and pretty much most of uh, what we know, what we used to call scientific management and what they teach at the business schools. And no one goes to business school, even though some do it on their own. A business school is not intended to produce entrepreneurs. It's intended to, to produce workers. Uh, that's on purpose. That's intentional. And even though no one says it out loud, it is a fact. That's why you learn managerial accounting. That's why you, you learn managerial this. That's why you learn managerial marketing. That's why you learn all these kinds of things as a manager is because they're designed for people uh, to manage other companies, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. This isn't about right or wrong. It's just about let's recognize what is. Nowadays, there are some people that are so excited about entrepreneurship that we create centers for entrepreneurship, you know, as I have, you know, at at a university and and we have schools of entrepreneurship, but a lot of this now has moved online and people are doing whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want. But the reason time management fails us is because if you go back in history, it wasn't designed to help people get their time back. It, it, it was specifically designed on purpose to measure and control and manage every aspect of your work. Time management was designed to control you. Time management was designed to measure and squeeze every drop of blood, sweat, and tears out of workers. So when somebody says, I'm done with the grind. I'm going to start my own business. Now, people don't have to be entrepreneurs to use the ideas that I teach in anti-time management or time tipping, but let's just use this as an example. Entrepreneurs will say, I want time and money only. (laughs) I I want time and money, so I'm going to start a business only to lose all of their time and money to the business. And this is this is statistically third party observer accurate (laughs) scientific you know very few make it through and those that do make it through they spend five or ten years sacrificing what they love for success the problem neither yeah the the problem is they go in with the same paradigm right they go in with the employee the employee paradigm and and they they treat themselves as an employee and they figure i need more money so i gotta spend more time i gotta work harder and and we've got this whole work harder exchanging time for money when, when so many people start their businesses because they're built on the wrong, the wrong paradigm. That's right. And you know, I, I didn't always like, I didn't like seek out what's going on with time management. You know, I, I didn't like seek out like, what's this scientific management thing? You know, I had terrible things happen in my life. You know, I had a, 
a son that passed away. I had a brother-in-law that passed away. I had three foster kids that came and went. I, my wife had a stroke and lost her memory. You know, it came back. I had a son get hit by a car. He was unrecognizable after the accident. He's okay now and he's brave and he's living his life and doing his thing. Everything's happy now. But when I started like realizing, why am I working at all? And you go, obviously pay the bills, put food on the table. And you go, yeah, but what's, I'm not working for work's sake. No one works for work's sake. <laughs> what's the sake for which we work? And when you put that at the center of your life and you find ways to support it, when you put the castle in the center of your life, and find ways to support it. Instead of endlessly working toward the goal, you work from the goal. When you when you put it through the lens of why am I actually working? What is the purpose of everything I'm doing? You can find a million different ways to work that allow you to have the time you are seeking now, not just later. The, the ironic thing is if someone says, I want to be healthy, and they say, I use this example because time is elusive. If someone says, I want to be healthy, and then they say, I can't wait until I'm 65 to start being healthy. No, I no can't. You can't. You know, let's, let's just change it. Five or I can't wait for five or 10 years from now when I finally get to finally start being healthy. Health doesn't work that way. Neither does time. When you say, I'm going to have more time later, literally you don't because we die. Okay, but, but, but then also like philosophically, theoretically, when you figure out how to have more time now, you also have more time later because you figure out a creative way to work. So when people don't do it this way, they lie to themselves. And, and, and it's not like it, it's a, it's a, it's one of those nice lies, you know, it's a, it's a fluffy one, but it's one that we've been told now for about 200 years. And the lie goes something like this. Hey, Hey, kindergartner, I'm going to give you a jelly bean at the end of the day if you're really good. And the kindergartner goes, cool, thank you so much, ma'am, for giving me a, a green jelly bean at the end of the day. Oh, by the way, now I realize that had nothing to do with the jelly bean. That was about mm -hmm. control. Zero. You could have given me the jelly bean. I could have had 10 of them. It would have, still would have been a great day. Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about people will use our dreams and goals against us. They'll use our strengths against us. You're good at this. You get to do it forever. Congratulations. Here's a personality test and a strengths test that will reinforce it with HR so you never move from one thing to the next or get paid more. This is real life. And people don't think about it that way. But when you well, do and you put it in the lens of why am I working, then you go, oh, you're telling me I could work from my cell phone on a boat or on top of a mountain or in Europe or in Asia or, or across the country like, like I have and still get everything done and probably more just because I'm changing the way I worked. Yes, even if I'm an employee, yes, of course you can do that. Why did you never ask? <laughs> Why so, did you never ask yourself, you know? So one of my one of my early clients is a is an expert at Excel. Like he's 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 so good with Excel that he outperforms Microsoft's people with Excel. And he's been fired from every job he's ever gotten. Six like six of them now. And and it's because of this 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 same idea because he goes in there and he can do in two hours what every other yeah. employee down the road are doing in eight hours and i know and it's why would he stay why I would know. he ever want to stay because all they do is they, they make his pile six times taller than every other pile down the row and expect him to do eight times the work because he's eight times better than everybody else but yep. they don't want to compensate him any differently than anybody else in the row because everybody gets paid this yeah. this this per hour thing and i'm like this is this is it richie's richie's on I it know. because you have, to, you, have to, <laughs> you have to change you have to change the paradigm you have to change the system to honor the fact that he's he gets so much done in in, in so little time but the system the system doesn't doesn't yeah. flex for it because nobody's asked for it that's right it, it becomes uh this is where like minor corporate corruption comes in because people now are are like they're wasting their time on purpose because they know they can get it done in one hour, but they're measured by eight. So they'll stretch it out to be eight hours. This isn't right or wrong. It's the game that we've been asked to play. And the thing that is funny is the person that gets it done sooner, everyone else starts looking at them like, what are you doing? You're making us all look bad. And uh, you, th you thought I thought I was I thought I was adding value. And he goes, well, you obviously are. But but please, this is hurting me. So, so goodbye. And you go like, if the actual CEO or CFO knew what was going on with this person, they would have elevated them. Been so excited to have them, have them like encourage them to teach everyone else how to do it. Maybe you know, there's other reasons for 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 people. 
uh, in in corporate politics. But corporate sign signaling, like 99% of work today in a corporation is signaling. Look how hard I'm working, even though I'm not. You know, right. like, we will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. I literally will walk into a company and I'll see like, I don't know, uh, a mid-level, high-level, this isn't everyone, but manager guy. And I don't know what they're doing. I know exactly what they're doing. But over time, you start learning. And this person learned the system. And so they're in their room. They turn down the lights. They're playing solitaire. When they get asked a question, they answer. But they know that when they stick their head up, it gets chopped off. And so they don't. Then you create this whole system like that. And people are complaining about people working from home. Hello, the most motivated people on earth? Are you kidding me? Why would you get rid of them? You go, right. well, it's because they're jealous of you that you're doing it from home and they're not. They're they're bored at, 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 the, at the office. You know, so There's a lot more to it. And some people are doing it right. And a lot of people are doing really well. And in the working world, people are excited because while some jobs are saying people are unemployable or we can't handle this, there are other jobs that are saying we will take you. And they're taking on the, the most talented, most creative, most innovative people in the office, out of the office, wherever they come from, because they're open-minded to the fact that people don't work for work's sake. They're working for a lifestyle. They're working for a dream and let this job support it instead of take away from it. It's, mm. it's, it's the opposite of the way it's been for 200 years. And the companies that embrace that are crushing it. Well, because it, because you can win, right? If your priorities match and your practices match, then you can make a payment system that matches and, and everybody wins. And, and that's the way the corporate yes. environment should be instead of just the CEO winning or just the stockholders yes. winning or just the yes. clients winning, which is the last on the leg nowadays. But, yeah. but really, there's a place <laughs> where the clients, the CEOs, the stockholders, and guess what? The employees can win too, because if yeah. you're providing yeah. a great service, the, the, the finances are there to support you know, the people that are creative and, and making really it's true stuff happen. It's true. And when people say something like, oh, but my job doesn't do that. One, you can have a conversation with people and, and figure that out. You know what I mean? But two, didn't you like spend all your time and money for the last 12 years to get to this spot? Like you chose this and corporations right. are going to do what corporations are going to do. You can't expect them to do something different. They're going to give you a two to 4% raise every year, maybe to keep up with inflation. Probably not. And then they're going to say, mm, this is as good as it gets. And you accept that. When in reality, if you, for many people right now, right now in America, I'm not saying to do this, but you look at, at what's happening, people will quit their job and they'll get a 20, 30, or $40,000 pay raise by going somewhere else versus staying at a company and getting a 4%, you know, rise in their, um, in their paycheck, which usually then gets consumed by a higher uh, a health insurance bill inside, paid inside their, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> their, but, but their are, own company. There are, uh, there are companies that are opening up to the idea of, like for my friend who in Excel that, that says, hey, maybe maybe we can pay you by piecework. Maybe we can pay you as you, as you right. complete tasks and projects. Right. And we're paying for projects and tasks rather than per hour. And, and yeah. it changes the dynamic and gives him motivation to stay. And it gives other people in the group motivation yes. to, Oh, we can step up That's and right. get more. Hello. No, no, <laughs> then I'm no, not stuck in yes. that hourly, you know, that hourly grind. Oh, how do I stretch this two hours of workout to eight hours? Because I want to, I want to just, yeah. I want to get paid but I don't want to do enough work to make a difference. Yeah. And the company no. wants to pay me just enough that, that I don't quit. Exactly. It's this little weird tango, right? <laughs> you, you know, uh, and that's what people are doing. People are saying, you know what? Will you just let me work from home and I'll get it done from there? Sure. Then they take it to another level and go, hey, you know what? Can you just pay me as a consultant and you'll become my first client? This happens all the time. And then all of a sudden you have, I don't know, 10 companies paying you $3,000 and you're making $30,000 a month doing the exact same job and less work, honestly, um, uh, that you were doing before at your, your your last job. And, you know, so there's a lot of ways to live and people go, I don't know, how does it apply to me? And the, the, that's a good question, but a better question is to ask a better question. How do I ask a better question? <laughs> because when you ask a better question, 
you get a better answer. When you say, I can't do this because your brain says you're right and it shuts off the thinking. When you say, what can I do to make this thing happen without this terrible thing happening You know that, that, I'm, that I'm worried about uh, over the next uh, week or two or year or, or month, whatever, whatever timeline you, you want, it doesn't mean you know the answer. It just means you've allowed yourself to create space, hmm. bandwidth. You've allowed yourself to be open to new ideas, to thoughts that will come to your mind while you're walking your dog, you know, while you're running or while you're doing the dishes or taking a shower. Like this is when ideas come, but they come because you've opened up a, a space for them to enter. And then you go, oh, wow, I never thought about it that way before. And of well, course, there's there's a lot of principles and, and frameworks make this happen. But opening your mind is, is critical. And the pandemic forced that, right? Because, it because in, in January of 2020, if you'd have asked half of these corporations, 100% of these corporations, you know, well, what's our work at home plan? They'd all said, that'll never happen. There's no yeah. way we'd ever do that. You know, yeah. and now yes. companies, including this, the government, you know, my wife's job moved home permanently and it's a permanent wow. work at home position. And that's so cool. And, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and other places, you know, obviously places right now are wrestling with how do we get people back in the office? Cause we feel like we need yeah. to control them again. Right. And, yeah. and so, no, and so there, there is this wrestling match, but, but I think that the emergency of the pandemic opened possibilities that were never, yeah. ever even considered before. And it's now true. we now we've opened up this can of worms and we're like, wait, if that's possible, then what else is possible? And I think there, right. are, there is a large percentage of people that yes. are quitting because they're recognizing that there's there's other possibilities. There's yes. other things we can do. And I think the companies that are open to that, the entrepreneurs that are open to that can can really create some really cool things. And I no, think right. your your time tipping framework creates the opportunity to think differently. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. It's the first time in history that in mass um, people learned that there is another way and it is possible for them. So when people get when corporations get frustrated, you know, at, at not just the kids, it's every it's every age group. It's generation now <laughs> when because, because because even even the ones that are that are older, they're saying, like, what are you talking about? I did it this way for a long time. It wasn't what you said. This is, there's a new way. There's a better way. And you can't tell me that, that, that it, you can't fool me anymore. You know, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's that paradigm they started with, right? Like my dad, my dad believed that he would work for a company for 40 years and then, and then he would retire. And now families are getting to that place and, and, and the retirement isn't even there. Like the promises, these, yeah. these, the loyalty for companies went away with the stock market shifting in the, yeah. in the late, in the eighties, right. That, that early recession and, and the value of companies completely shifted. And now there's no loyalty CEOs mm. and, and management will cut a hundred, a thousand, 500 employees to make sure their bottom line is what the stockholders want. And yeah. so there is no loyalty anymore. The, the economy shifted against the employees and yes. now it's kind of shifting back and, and some it's really good things can happen yeah. if, if they decide to figure out how to make it work together yeah. instead of, instead of it being this power control struggle. That's right. And you know, like, I, th I think what's, what's interesting is because we're saying all this, but no matter what, there's always going to be someone time is our most precious, like, mm. like as asset. And it, so it, it is the most valued asset. And it is what everyone wants from us. So everyone, including video games, Netflix, and your boss, or even you as your own boss, all you're trying to do is figure out how to utilize how to utilize your time or someone else's time to get a result. And so they're going to do what they want to do. So under time management, it's not about controlling time because time can't be controlled. Time moves and, and goes, or it doesn't. I guess it depends on what philosophy you're from, you know, <laughs> in outer space. But but like when you when you when you think about it, like for you personally. Your, your life's going to move on no matter what. Just, it just keeps ticking away. So under time management, it's not about controlling time. It's about who controls your time. Mm. So if they control your time, well, there you go. If you control your time, there you go. So time management, they control your time. Anti-time management, you control your time. And we don't want balance. We want flexibility. And flexibility to me is three things. Autonomy ability and availability and you can have all three at a hundred percent or you can have 
them all at 50%. You know what I mean? Like I'm 50% autonomous, 50% able, 50%, you know, available. And you can move these levers up and down. But essentially, if I want to fly a helicopter, I'm not autonomous because I'm not a pilot. But I can still get in a helicopter if I pay for it and go somewhere. And this is this is a metaphor for life, you know, and people are building all these tables for this dinner. When in reality, it's a metaphor. Instead of building a table their whole life for this fancy dinner, they could have done Uber Eats or gone to a restaurant, you know, and, and in, in uh, back in the day, Aristotle called it a final cause where an acorn becomes an oak tree. But a lot of us, the problem is we're planting sunflower seeds, which are beautiful. We're, we're, we're planting sunflowers in hopes that it'll become an oak tree. Hmm. And it never will. Right. And so it's, it's like values are so important. Because I'm not imposing, you're not imposing, we're not imposing any of our values on someone else. We're just saying, if you like something and you want to do it, why or why aren't you? And also don't lie to yourself that you're going to get something when you never will doing something you thought would get you there when it won't. What I mean is when you bake a cake without sugar, you can't expect it to be sweet. <laughs> if you bake your life without personal and flexible freedom of time, how do you expect to one day have personal and flexible freedom of time? Mm, you know, well, well, I just will, you know, you know, no, oh, what if we, what, what think about it this way, the timeline of your family, over the next 20 years, if they are not a part of your life, they will not be a part of your life 20 years later. They might be physically in a different way, but a five-year-old is very different than a 25-year-old. It's a very different experience. Oh, especially you know if, you've if you've ignored them for 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so I get with keto and stuff, you can make the, you can make the cake taste, taste delicious, you know, without, without sugar. But when you bake your cake, when you bake your life, when you create your situation with your values from the start, they rise with you. Mm. When you, when you sacrifice uh, what you love for success, you get neither. Uh, well, I think the challenge is right. So many people don't haven't haven't been intentional enough about their values to mm. to even acknowledge what they are that's so good. they're going yeah. they're going through life thinking that that what they're good doing point. is going to get them what they want and so you've yes. got to stop and say what is it that you really want yes and, and why and are you waiting I, to have it yeah that's that's right because once you know what you want and the, you know what what you want can change but whatever it is you you want to like reorganize your environment you want to re-identify you know all the things that you're doing in a way that allow you to live it or as close to it as possible right now mm. people go that's impossible how well you know what you're going to work for five years to go on vacation why don't you just go on vacation and find a way for work to support it well, that's mm. irresponsible actually i think it's probably the most responsible thing you could do actually because you're probably gonna make just as much money you're more and being incredibly productive because you're a responsible person and you're living a life on purpose not i think it's immoral to sacrifice the things you love what are you well, then the creativity, <laughs> the creativity it opens up is is so incredible. Like that's right. Like you're actually tapping into you're tapping into an, un, an a unlimited power source by by opening yourself up to that, and and really incredible things happen when you honor your values and, mm. and you honor the things that are important to you. Like like you said, taking a vacation and being intentional about making 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 money on vacation and earning a living in front of your children. How powerful is that? I mean, yes. that's the watermelon lesson lived out as a family. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so the framework goes something like this. Uh, purpose, priorities, projects, payments, prolifics. Meaning, I'll say that what we know right now. If someone says, I want to make money, and they just, this is not a judgment. It's not a right or wrong. Just think about it as, a, as an example. If someone says, I want to make money, so I'm going to get a job on Wall Street. They have inherently said, my lifestyle now looks like Wall Street, New York, that. Great. But if you wanted to be fly fishing in Montana, and so your goal was actually a two-step, I'm going to go get rich so I can spend the rest of my life fly fishing in Montana. Well, now we have a problem because you could have just went to Montana and, and fly fished and likely with a little bit of thinking made the same amount of money. Doing what doing you love. Doing what you love, possibly also maybe maybe doing something with New York if that's what you wanted to do online or commuting. But but in reality, you probably are doing something totally entirely different. 
because once you realize that a job is a means to an end hmm. and not an end unto itself, once you realize your job is not your identity, then it doesn't matter what you do. You should like what you do and you can get good at what you do, or you can be an architect and draw buildings instead of build them. You can be a general contractor and sub everything out instead of picking up a hammer. There's a million ways to do it, but it's so essential to remember that goals, habits, and strengths are not you. Those are means to an end. We're forever habiting and never inhabiting. People are obsessed with getting efficient and productive on a habit. And you're like, why? It's to become something else. Why don't you start with becoming something else? And you go, well, these are like eight chicken and the egg. Sure. But if you really identify who it is you want to become, once you know who you want to be, you'll know what to do. Then you can choose various different strategic goals, habits, and strengths that reinforce purpose instead of endlessly and as an illusion, right, lead towards purpose. Because over time, things change. You want different things. You don't want what you wanted 10 years ago today. You just don't. You're a different person. And we irrationally think that we're going to want what we want uh, now in 30 years. We won't. So well, you, or, you, yeah, you organize what you want now, and then it grows. It's, 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 it, I think it's, it's that it's, it's that magical. That, yeah. retirement, that retirement idea that, that, that has been planted through education and through the, the, the business system and through, you know, basically the messaging we've been, we've been given all of our lives is, is you got to work for all of this to get that right to, to get yeah. that. And it's, and it's way down this 40 year road that you have to, you have to work. And, and, and then so many, so few people recognize today, especially that, that to get that, you got to be pretty intentional about your, your finances because most people are spending more than they're making. And when they get to that, they're going to be flat broke. And guess what? Yeah. The heartbreaking thing, and I see it all the time, they're working at McDonald's to yeah. pay for their health insurance yeah, because yeah. social security doesn't cover enough. And, 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 and man, I don't, I don't want, I don't want my dad working at McDonald's and I certainly don't want to be working at McDonald's when I'm mm -hmm. McDonald's is the first job, not a last job. And, 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 and it's heartbreaking to see people waiting tables. Now, if they want to do it, that's, that's fine and dandy. Right. But, but if they don't want to do it, they, they've worked all their lives for something and it, and it didn't turn out to be what they really wanted. And so I love, love, love that you put the dream first, put the final cause first, put it right in front of everything, put it at the center hub and yes. then figure out how to support it and make it happen. So yes. powerful. Yes, 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 yes. What's cool is we all want different things. And so the concept is if I do what I like and I want, and there's still a, a million things that have to get done that I feel like I have to do, then you spend your whole life doing all the things you feel like you have to do and your life feels out of whack, out of balance. This isn't right or wrong. It just is. You look at your list of all the things you have to do today. 80% of them will be things you feel like you have to do but you don't want to do. And if you're lucky, 20% of them will be things that you like and want to do. But what if you could delegate, outsource, and eliminate those things that you don't want to do, meaning they're still done, and you free up 80% of your time, and you do more of the 20%, or you add you know, things things in that you want like a lot of people are obsessed with this really cool book uh, by Marie Kondo you know where she's talking about you know organizing things and I and I, I really think that time tippers people that use anti-time management and use these um, time tipping principles they treat time the way Marie Kondo treats clothes and closets and organizing we look at what served us and we're okay we say goodbye to those things that are that are done and we look at what uh, will serve us or can serve us right now and we love them and we find joy in them and when you when you organize that way, you can find all kinds of things to do uh, to support it right now, even if you are forced at some point to work at McDonald's or even if you don't like your job. A bad day or a bad month or a bad year doesn't equal a bad life, Ooh. but you can re you can reorganize. You can reorganize. And uh, anti-time management allows you to reclaim your time. If you have regrets, it's, it's, it's identifying them and not letting them ever happen again. And becoming better, not bitter. Ooh, ooh, so good. Yeah, I love, <laughs> man. So, I mean, starting with purpose, right? Knowing your purpose, a is so important, right? Knowing your values, the things that matter to you, and and being able to to be honest about. It. I mean, I think you know, you ask 
most people and they're going to say, oh, my family, I'm doing this for my family. You know, but what is it about your family? What What is it that you want to do with your family that, that, yeah. you're, that you're grinding in this? And, and I'm so convinced that the hustle and grind culture, I mean, obviously hustle and grind works. It works, but at what cost? Yeah. And, That's right. and, and it's not necessary to get the things right. And I think somehow we've got this idea that that dream vacation takes five years to get to that, that dream, that dream house takes 20 years for you to, to save up and, and buy for. And, and, and I think you get distracted. And of course it does take 20 years because that's what you believe it takes. That's and of right. course it takes five years to save up for that vacation because that's what you believe it takes. But that's what right. if you put that vacation six months from now and you figure out how to make it happen? That's right. And guess what yeah. happens? Your brain figures out how to make it happen when you give it the opportunity. Yes. No, it's so true. And people don't have to like change their life a 180 right now after hearing this podcast. Like go experiment on one of these things. I, I, I call them projects. Pick a personal project or a professional project or a people project or a play project. And uh, these become kind of like you put them together and you have this, this, this vibrant North Star with different aspects of your life. And you say, you know what? When you make choices, are the things I'm doing allowing these things that I want to happen now or sooner than later or not at all? And then you can make strategic, intentional, specific decisions on whether you're going to do it or not. Um, and then you can decide how you're going to get paid in a way that supports that. Try it. I mean, when I was writing my book and I'm writing about anti-time management and it took years to write and there's a lot of work and a lot of research and I really wrote it because after writing The Power of Starting Something Stupid, people would say they had the stupid idea, they'd go make it work, but then I realized it wasn't what they wanted. They wanted what they thought would come from the success of the thing. So when you start realizing, well, what's the success of the thing? What's the job of the goal? When you start realizing that, that goals from experience are tasks, goals outside experience are growth. And inherently in growth, you don't know what it looks like moving forward, which requires some resilience and confidence and courage and testing and experimenting and hoping and wishing and hurting and trying. Like Once you realize that, ah, anything, anything you want becomes possible. And then you find the resources to help make it happen. Oh, so good. All right. So now you've got a you've got a a, a view of procrastination that puts the the time management folks, like it probably makes them shiver and roll over and cry. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Richie's view of procrastination. <laughs> you know, well, if you really start looking, people a lot of times people will tell me their weaknesses and I look at it and I go, but isn't that your strength? Like, isn't that, you know, cause the world is telling them what they're doing is wrong, but it's actually working for them, you know, and they're, and they're, and they're doing all kinds of good things um, with it. So I try to think through that, but any, any, anybody who really thinks about it, knows that no one is more pr productive than a procrastinator with an impending deadline. <laughs> they will make things happen like no one else could. And if you know that's you, instead of worrying about it, you can plan for it, you know? And, and if you know you, can, you, can, you have all of a sudden this hyper-focus ability that crowds out distractions, you can harness that. And um, I've yet to meet uh, very many people that don't you know, self-proclaim and self-identify as procrastinators. And then sometimes there'll be variants. I'm a perfectionist, you know, or, or, or uh, maybe they, they over-prepare and you start going through it and you go, you know what though, look at all these things. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. These are all means to an end. What is the goal of the goal? And you go, once you realize that, you realize that all these tools, including procrastination, um, can be used to serve you and and others. So people just need to uh, be happy. <laughs> and when they're having a hard time, as we all do, and as you know, I have, you assign positive meaning to the things that are around you. Because when you assign meaning to tragedy and to the unexpected, um, I mean, instead of searching, you know, like like, oh my gosh, I can't believe and. You know, I'm totally okay binge watching stuff and hanging out and, and doing and taking your time. All of that is 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 fine. But when you punish yourself for feeling bad, that's not helpful. And when you punish yourself for feeling good when things are hard, that's not helpful. Mm. So when you when you relook at the world and say it's a tunnel, not a cave. Grief is a tunnel, not a cave. You can then you can stop managing time because a lot of the, the problems we have are around timing. If you, if you think about it, like in essence and start prioritizing attention 
I mean, five minutes with my kids on the trampoline without a cell phone in my hand is worth more to them than hours at the park with me walking in circles on my cell phone. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes quality time is quantity time, but sometimes quality time is prioritizing attention. Oh, Richie, that's so, so valuable. Man, this has been fantastic. All right, I, I, I typically end every episode with uh, you telling our this entrepreneurial audience Richie's words of wisdom. What would you share? <laughs> how you spend your time is how you show your love. Look at how you are spending your time, and you will see how the other people around you see you. They don't know what's in your head. They don't know your past. They don't know what's in your head. They don't know what's in your future. All they know is how you show up. How you spend your time is how you show your love. If you want to show your love in a different way, stop telling yourself that you're sacrificing your families for them because families don't work that way. Mm. <laughs> Ask a better question. How can I put my family first and find a way to work to support it? And you can do that right now in your current situation and or reevaluate and find a better way to do it. hundred percent. Richie, thank you so much, man. I just appreciate you taking the time today to hang out. Love, love the book. If, if, Thank you. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, Anti-Time Management, we'll put it in the description, of course, and uh, definitely recommend uh, listen to the audible version. Richie does a great job narrating, so it's Thank pretty you. cool. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome. I have a, a free guide, richienorton.com slash time, and it has a bunch of worksheets from the book, and it has uh, some audio video stuff that can help you uh, make these things happen. You can take these ideas we've been talking about and, and put them into practice immediately. So honestly, Robert, it's been, it's been really fun talking to you. Great, great, great combo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, thank you. This episode is brought to you by intentional decisions that lead to massive success. No, those aren't companies promoting our show. They are qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life. So to help you out, I'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Dr. Bill Bergman and Robert talk about holistic approaches to health and how science is now showing the importance of stress management as a part of patient care, the importance of the spiritual element in the healing process, and how a focus on mind, body, and spirit leads to better health.